Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. It's a weird thing to to have to, um, not have to, get to really, but to be called to to speak publicly, to minister um, it's something that I never thought I'd be called to do. And it's like, you know, we all have thoughts. We all have opinions. We all have uh, stances on things or, you know, the way we think. But not everyone really gets to deliver them, you know, publicly or wants to deliver them publicly most of the times. I don't, but I do. Um, and uh, it's a vulnerable, vulnerable place to be. And it's, it's freeing and damning all at the same time. You know, it's, it's like one of those things where you can, you release, and I'm releasing my heart up here. And um, I want to make sure that I'm always clear in what I say. Not to make excuses for or clarify, but my goal and intention every time I come up here to speak is that you get more of him and less of me. Like I want it to be, I want to represent the king. I want to represent Holy Spirit in me, speaking out of me. And I want to make sure that if ever there's a time that, outside circumstances affect how I say or what I say in a way I deliver something that I come back and make sure that we understand exactly what I'm talking about. And I feel like nothing has sat with me um, as of lately, uh, has sat with me like what I spoke about last week. Any of, any of the people that are around me all the time can, can tell you, um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it, it's go back and listen. I always say this. I'm not going to go through. It's not, and it's not anything necessarily bad. This is more for me in making sure that I, if I'm going to deliver something, I truly deliver it. I get it completely out and I feel like I'm clear in what I'm having to say. You know, I kind of, I kind of do this thing where it's like a 24 hour window. So when I speak, I'm a, I'm a reflector. I go back and I think about what was said. I think about how I said it. I, I do that stuff. And Apostle apparently did it too. So get off my back. But, uh, but it's like a 24-hour period where I, where I just I, I kind of reflect on, uh, on what was said. And, and sometimes that's, that's great and I feel good. I felt like I released what I needed to release. And then there's times where it just sits with you and you're like, why did I say like that? I hope that was clear how I said it like this. But usually it's a 24-hour thing. Uh, by the time I wake up the next morning, Monday's one of my only days off. And so I just enjoy that time with my family. I'm able to let it go. Has not been the case this past week. And... Um, it's funny, like, uh, you know, one of the greatest, I think, um, pieces of advice I got in speaking was from Henry Jordan, um, who is a mentor to me, and, and uh, I love him so much, but he, he said, um, he said some, one of the greatest things that leaders can do is learn to get over themselves. So you have to realize, like, you got, you're going to be vulnerable, you're going to get some of yourself out there, but you just need to be able to get over it. And so I try to practice that, but this week, again, was different, and, uh, and it's just more of the fact that I want to make sure that like I'm very good about cutting off voices whenever I'm coming to deliver something because again I want it to be more of him less of me um and and I and I feel like even last week and I almost feel like felt so hyped and so Mm, about what I had to say, that some of what I had to say didn't even come out. And maybe that's what I'm sitting with. I'm processing with you this morning, if you can't tell already. Uh, so just process along with me and let me get through this. Um, and, and we'll get into something else. But, uh, you know, 
I remember we, uh, an example, I just told this story last night, so it's fresh on my mind, but <laughs> funny story to help me get through this. I, uh, a few of the guys in this house go on an, we, we've started an annual trip to this place called Durhamtown, Georgia, which is a, it's uh, Union Point, Georgia. We go ride dirt bikes together through trails, and um, Henry's part of it, Michael Paul, now Zach's a part of it, my dad's a part of it. We meet Jerry Smith, and they have a lot of guys from Mobile, and it's a really fun time, and I remember the first time I went, the first time I went, I was so green, which I'm still pretty green in it, but I was so green, and I was just anything that anybody said for me to do, I was going to do it, and if you think about uh, the, the, the pecking order that we have there, we got Jerry Smith and Henry Jordan are right there at the top. I respect everything that they say. They know more about it. They, they're the ones that got everybody into it. And so I'm very uh, moldable by those guys. And I remember we pulled up um, to this spot. We had been riding for a little bit, and there was these, like, drag race strips. Now, if you don't know Jerry Smith already, he's nutso when it comes to that stuff. Like, he will do anything and everything. He's crazy. And, uh, and we pull up there, and we have these microphones in our helmets and these, uh, these earpieces in our helmets, and me and Michael Paul pull up, and Jerry pulls up, and he's like, you boys get out there and do the drag racing thing. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And, uh, and Michael Paul, no, sir, uh, I won't be doing that. Takes out the thing. It's like, right, we're not doing that. Well, I must have given out this, like, just presence of the weak mind and like that I was easily moldable because Jerry goes, Mark, get out there. I was like, no, I I think I'm good. But after about three attempts, all of a sudden, here I am, find myself at the starting line with these lights about to go off and I can't hardly ride this bike. And so, I mean, I take off, humiliate myself about three or four times. Uh, Never won. I think I might have tied somebody and it was an accident. And, or they were probably like four. Um, but I, uh, but we, we, you know, I get, get around and, and here comes Jerry to Michael Paul. Michael Paul, get on out there. You can do, you, no problem. Go on, go on. Michael Paul, no, sir. No, thank you. <laughs> Michael, I, I, I can go with you. It's no big deal. You got it. No, sir. No, thank you. And I'm like, I'm sitting there in my helmet while I'm still shaking from the, what I just did. And I'm like, man, I wish I was more like Michael Paul. <laughs> Well, so then I go, so then, you know, leading up to this past trip, which we recently just went to, I, I, was, I was sitting there, I remember talking to Evan, I was, and I was even building myself up in this, I was like, you know what, this year, I'm not doing that stuff, it's just not as important to me, I'm going to go have a good time, I'm going to have fun, I've got kids, you know, I'm not, not doing it, not doing anything like that, I need to be responsible and go. So that was my mind, we get there first day, uh, I find out that the drag strip is closed that week. So I'm like, yes, I don't even have to worry about that. Well, here we go around this course and we come to this spot where we stop and there's these big hills, like, sh- like big hills with these huge ruts in them. And they're stopped and all of a sudden here comes Henry, which we call the billy goat. And he just vroom, right up the thing, comes back down, sliding down, goes up the other one, comes sliding down. And so about that time, I get off of my bike and pull my goggles off. I didn't have my headphones in that time. So I was like making the signal known, like, nope, not doing it. Not going to happen. And so I'm sitting over there, and, uh, and then Jerry's going up it and coming down. A few of the experienced riders are going up and coming down. I'm just like, nope, not doing it. Mark, you're not doing that. You're not even not intrigued by it. You've got three kids. Your wife would not be happy with you. Do not do that. About that time, here comes Jerry looking over at me. Going up that hill, son. 
No, sir, I, 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 think, I, I think I'm good. I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Mm, no, you can do it. I promise. You got it. It's not a problem. I, hey, I would not tell you if I didn't know you could make it up the hill. I said, all in all, I'm good. I think I, I trust you in that. Maybe I could. I'm good. I'm not going to do it. Just calling on the spirit of Michael Paul. Come on. <laughs> the resolve of Michael Paul. Come on. But eventually he wore me down. And so here comes the mask off. Put it on. Throw my leg back over the bike. Zach, if it's Zach, it takes it about three times to get your leg over the bike. And uh, that's an inside story. I'm not just making fun. But anyways, and get up on the bike. And, uh, and I start, I'm about to ride off. And all of a sudden, Jerry stops me and goes, hey, 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 only if you want to. <laughs> I just wanted to sling mud at him as I drove off. Anyway, so. I want to make sure, that's my uh, description of in this, I want to make sure that I'm not presenting something of outside influences, right? Like I want to make sure that I'm pure whenever I deliver something, something we've been talking about, and I want to make clear of what I was talking about last week. We've been on this thing of hope and faith and love and hope and faith and love, a lot about hope, a lot about faith, hope being a joyful anticipation, joyful expectation for good, faith being like immuna, not something that's just stagnant but active. It's something that your faith made you well. It wasn't something that you just believed, but it was an activity. And then love. Love is a, uh, I think, a slip. I'm cold. This is nice. Um, I think love is, is a, uh, can be a slippery slope for, uh, for believers, for kingdom people, for the church. Um, it's a slippery slope because it can be very confusing. It can be dividing. There's a lot of opinions about it. It can be received the wrong way. And so when I bring something up like this, I want to understand the power in what I'm talking about and, and, and be clear on where I stand on some things or how, how I'm, what I'm trying to present to you. And, uh, you know, love is, there's, I think one of the reasons it's difficult is because we receive love so many different ways and we give love so many different ways. Um, there's that book, I never read it, but it's about uh, the, the love languages. Have you heard about this? For example, my wife is one that I could give her some gifts and she'll receive them, no problem. Uh, she likes nice things. <clears throat> but if I really want to impact my wife and make her feel loved, I'll do the dishes or uh, do something to benefit her around the house to help you know, take something off of her. That's me showing her that I love her. Uh, with me, it's a lot about uh, words of affection or, um, or, hey, I'll take things all day long. I'll receive stuff. So it's just there's a different way. And so when you start to talk about love in the kingdom, we really receive it through our own process and through our own minds and what that means to people. And so, I, I, again, I want to be clear on, on, on how... Uh, how I deliver this. Because one thing I'm not doing is I'm not preaching down, uh, a watered-down gospel. I'm not preaching tolerance, right? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even preaching really about grace this morning, though this is all about grace. It's not my, my topic is not about what's right and what's wrong and where we stand with everything. Um, I, I just want to be clear that this isn't a lowering of standards so that we can receive a generation that maybe is a little more sensitive, right? Because that's how we look at the generation a lot of times, is they're a little bit too sensitive. And, um, 
but I think that what happens in the church is we've, we, my, my point is that we've done a, we've done a, I believe, just speaking from someone of, of a generation that's, you know, here now and, and ones that are coming up and just having a view on everything going on, is that we as a church semi do a bad job of representing love. Because there's a, I think that ignorance and fear makes us go to extremes. And where do we stand on topics? And, and how do we feel about this? And let's make sure that everybody knows. And so what happens is we have one side over here that is with their pitchforks and their, you know, their lanterns and they're trying to chase everybody that sees it differently back into the woods and they're anti this, anti that. What makes us strong is what we're against. And then you got another side that is scared of being rejected by a generation and scared of not making it. So they come into a place of just arms wide open, receive everything, come as you are, leave as you are, stay as you are. It's all good. Like everything's fine. Just come, wear our t-shirts, play our music, buy our CDs, buy our books. We love you. Like everything is this. And it's just a perversion of the word love. Um, both are wrong. Both sides are wrong. And, and I think that the issue is, is why people, why this generation is looking for acceptance rather than truth is because we've done a poor job of representing what we we're supposed to represent in the first place. Does that make sense, everybody? <clears throat> so no, I'm not talking about lowering standards. There is a, there is a little bit of lowering some walls for receiving some things, receiving some people. But it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's not. That's not where I'm at this morning. This is what I think we've done, is that we've tried to solve what is a heart issue with most people in this generation intellectually. And we got to understand how our heart processes things and how it actually works. And when I say heart, I'm not meaning heart and love, and that's not what we're at. I'm talking about the lab. That's what the heart is. It's your innermost being, your innermost man. It's one of the most important topics in the Bible. It says, above all else, guard your, guard your hearts. Because why? Everything you do flows from it. Right? Out of the abundance of the, the mouth speaks, the abundance of what you've been walking in. And so when we come to a place of knowing where we stand, it's like this thing I always talk about with Joshua's angel that says, you know, he's, who are you with? Who are you for? And he just says, no, that's not where we're at. That's not our job. How the heart processes things. This is how I believe it does. Is it's all about experience. It's about the experiences we walk through. We find people that have walked through life completely different. Maybe we're abused as a child maybe just didn't do things the right way and feeling guilt, maybe didn't have a daddy, maybe didn't have a mom, has experienced disappointment, and all of these experiences is a culmination of how they, their heart is, where they are at this time. And see, we, we have this processing plant. We go, it comes in through our mind, and then we make that choice of what gets into the heart. That's why it says, above all else, guard your heart. You have to guard your heart. Because I don't have a choice of if I experience fear. The emotion, right? So let me just give you an analogy. Let's say that I was walking in the woods going hunting and I walked up on a bear. 
I'm going to experience a measure of fear because naturally my body goes into that fight or flight method of, of what do I do? You know, this is, it's, it's experiencing fear because fear is something that's activating some things in the natural for me to do something about what I'm experiencing and save myself, preserve myself. However, I do have a choice if I'm ever going to go hunting again. You know what I mean? Like I do have a choice if I, that one experience impacts my heart and it, see that the, the, the emotion of fear is not a problem. The root of fear is a problem. The, the, the emotion of hopelessness for a moment is, is not the problem. The root of hopelessness is not the problem. And so experiences are what people use and they dictate kind of how their heart is on the other side of that experience. It's why a lot of people that have walked through death or walked through, you know, where they prayed, 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 and the outcome didn't come out, didn't happen how they wanted it to happen. And they find it hard to pray for someone walking through that same thing because that experience has taken root in their life and they've allowed that to go into their heart. And so everything they do flows through flows from what they received in the heart. And so as a, as a church, when we come in and, our, and our, our thing is, I'm against why you look that way, why you feel that way, how you do that, you need to get right, this is how it should look, here's the doctrine. A doctrine will do nothing that an, ex, an experience is what will actually change the heart. That's what got them into it. So what we are called to do, I believe, as a church is create an atmosphere for change. A place to experience the true love, the true peace, right? I have kids, and I have to worry about their little hearts and their little minds, you know? And I can tell you that the doctrine thing, the, uh, the not just doctrine, I, don't, I want to be careful with how I say these things, but the, this this teaching them what's right and what's wrong, which is a great thing, one day they're going to have to start to filtrate that through their own minds and their own hearts. And what is it in the Bible that says is the, that, that is said to be the governor or the protector or the garter of our hearts and our minds? I'll wait. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make you do that. <clears throat> it's his peace, right? Be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving in your heart, make your request known unto Yahweh. And what does he give you? And his peace, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? Guard your heart and your mind through Christ Yeshua. I'm, my, my, my point is, is that we've, we've, we've created some things to try to get a result that only an experience can actually do. That's why I say it's not about the solution as much as it is pointing them to the source. Does that make sense? Why, why we come into a place, I, I believe that there's a day coming and a day that is here. It's now and not yet, as I always say, that you walk into a room and you're healed. And I don't say that as fluff because I literally experienced it the other week. I told you about it. Massive migraine that I was about to just throw up, walked into a room, changed. And it comes from that was my experience. So you know what now is in my heart? In my heart, I believe that you can walk into a room and be healed. Because that was my experience. No one told me that. I didn't come in and someone say, hey, wait, stop. Before you walk in the store, do you have any issue? Because what's going to happen next is when you walk into this room and you do this, 
You do this, you've been forgiven of this, right? And you're not doing this, right? Okay. If all of those be true, then you walk in here. Because what I just did was remove all the faith that I had because I have to check all the boxes in order to receive. And what I have in my heart now is that all I need to do is walk into a room with a family that believes and has faith and I'm healed. I truly have that in my heart. I truly walk in the knowing that that is true, that I've experienced that. And so I really believe that what we've done is we've tried to solve situations. We've tried to solve things intellectually that are a heart issue. A heart issue. It's a heart in the innermost being. You know, no amount of you telling someone why they're wrong about something is going to change that. That's not really love. That's your stance. That's your truth. Do you need to lower your standards in this day? Absolutely not. In fact, I think they should increase. I find myself increasing standards in this walk when I'm not going off of this doctrinal truth or this thing or that thing or someone telling me exactly how it should go. I, I walk in a day where I believe, because I don't, think, I don't walk in the belief that I can get out of Yahweh's love. I believe he loves me. I believe I'm a son. I, I have that beloved identity. I know that. But I do believe I can separate myself from things like peace and joy and the power of praying and intercession. I believe that when I'm guided by Holy Spirit to shut some things off in my life that I choose not to, well, it's not that I'm all of a sudden now I'm just broken and terrible and Yahweh doesn't love me, but I, 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 don't, I don't have as much authority in an area that he was trying to give me opportunity to receive. So it's not going to look the same for everybody in, the, in this day, and it's kind of weird. I understand that, but I want to be, I, I want to understand what, what, we're trying to take on a job that we were never meant to have. That's what I believe. I believe that, that in a day, maybe, but not today. <clears throat> and I think it's funny. I was just, I wrote this down because I was thinking about the, the for us, in that, in that the peace is what guards our, heart and, our hearts and mind. Isn't it funny how that scripture says, first, be anxious for nothing. This is shifting the way I think about the kingdom. In Isaiah 35, it says, bring joy and you'll receive joy. It says they came with joy on their heads and they received a greater measure of joy. I think it's Zephaniah or Zechariah or one of those Zs that says uh, that that, uh, pray for rain in the spring rain. Because he's about abundance. And, and, but there's a flip because in, in, in the natural, I'm going to have joy because of, as a stimulus from the outside, right? So if you bring me a warm thing of chocolate chip cookies, there's going to be joy in my heart because it's my favorite thing in the world, right? It produces a joy and emotion. But when we're talking about supernatural joy and we're talking about things that are beyond what we could, we can't even comprehend, a lot of times it takes the effort of the step. This is the amuna I'm talking about. This is the faith. This is the, I'm going to step into this room even though I feel horrible. I'm going to do what Yahweh asked me to do even though it doesn't make sense. I'm activating my faith. I'm choosing sometimes to be joy, to have joy. You know, the, the, power, the power, the tool in that thing is thanksgiving. 
choice, a, a choice of thanksgiving is one of the most powerful things you could, because in the midst of circumstances, saying thank you, to thank Yahweh for the lives of those that even oppose you, that's a tough one, but that's biblical. And there's a supernatural thing that he says, okay, that's the heart. I'm going to bring exactly what they've asked for. You asked for joy. You brought joy. I'm giving joy. It's not, it's, hope is not, is not based on your circumstance, though it's powerful and needed within your circumstance. Without circumstance, you don't need hope. But you have to bring hope to get hope. <laughs> it's a weird way of how the kingdom works. So it says, be anxious for nothing. So what's the difference between having peace and anxiety? Anxiety is pretty much opposite from peace, right? But he says, start off with being anxious for nothing. Make the choice to be anxious for nothing in your heart, in your lab. You might feel it, but don't let the anxiety take control. Be anxious for nothing. But let me give you this. In all things, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving in your heart, make your request known unto Yahweh. And then guess what? Then I'll come in with peace. I don't know what that has to do too much with today, but it sounds pretty good. It's a key to the heart in, in a kingdom person. And understanding that what, what we're after is not that someone walks like we walk or talks like we talk or looks like we look, but someone that can experience the same peace that we're experiencing and the same joy that we're experiencing. And whenever I, whenever I feel this joy and I feel this anticipation that we're talking about, you know what I want to do? Turn and give it. I, that, that's what's produced in my heart. I'm not looking for someone that's not quite there, not quite right, doesn't have things figured out, is not, I mean, I'm just looking and saying, I got the secret. I know the secret sauce, man. Like I, it's not, I can't give you a rule book. I can't go through. I can, I, I can give you, I can give you, I, is it Bill Johnson that calls us the user manual? <laughs> I can give you this and you can read it, but ultimately you just, you need to come into his peace and his rest and give some things to him. And I know a family and I know a place, I know an atmosphere that's being created. And that's what we're walking into. That is greater things will you do where it doesn't even really quite take the laying on of hands. but creating an atmosphere. So that's why when I talk about what we're about here, it's about one thing, about one thing have I desired, what we're producing. We've had people walk in here and say, man, that fe- that what I experience in that place. And you should rejoice because what they experience means that's changing a heart. Ultimately, you know, what we need to recognize is that Yahweh, Yahweh always prepares us for a day. He always, there's always, before there was, a, there was an issue, there was a solution. The lamb slain before the foundations of the world. There was, before anything came up, there was already a solution. And that's, that's amazing. That's amazing thought. But, but it's our ability to recognize what that solution might be by going to the source. It, it's, it's letting him give that to us. I think about, I say a lot about the story of Abraham and Isaac. You know, what? what Abraham needed in that day when he was close to the voice of Yahweh and he told him to give his son Isaac. If he was so stuck on what Yahweh spoke to him and told him to do and buy the book and this is how it looks, he'd have missed what Yahweh provided in the day, which is that ram in the thicket. Yahweh had a solution for this thing, though he might have been testing his heart or whatever you want to say about that story, but he was, he, he, he was close to the voice, not the not the directive, right? 
He, he, was, he was rooted in the fact that Yahweh is good, and he, ultimately, I just need to trust him in all situations. Um, but, but this is the thing is, you've heard the analogy, don't bring a, a, a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> this is kind of how I feel right now. It's not a lowering of standards. It's not a watering down the message. It's not a, there's such a fear, such a fear of like, well, if we don't make this declaration, if we don't stand and we don't go ahead and write out on our website and everything else where we stand on everything else, then people are going to just walk all over us. I'm scared that we're going to lower our walls and people are going to come run in and we're just going to be a watered down whatever church. But that's not how this thing goes, man. It's that in a day that used that it's not that the day before was wrong. The day before got you to where you're at, but it's about the tool that Yahweh's giving you in another day. A funny story Zach will remember is at youth camp uh, one year, uh, we had, the guys had, uh, we were kind of separated in two groups. We were kind of pranking each other like you do dumb kids at youth camp, you know, just trying to, to, to mess with each other. And this one night we had this absolutely gloriously brilliant idea to uh, prank the other group. And they were, uh, it was late, and they were in their cabin like they're supposed to be. And uh, my smart group of guys got together and said, you know, let's go in there and just like raid them with pillows. And just bam, 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 we'll hit them with pillows. Like, oh, okay, that sounds awesome. Because to a kid, that does sound cool. Um, But so so we, so the idea, the the brilliant plan was that Mark was going to go down, walk into the enemy camp, and just kind of get a feel for everything. And then I would make some noise like cuckoo or something. And they would come in. They'd be caught by surprise. The problem was we had a Judas in the camp. And somebody told. Somebody told. And I go in there thinking I'm just very unsuspecting. How's it going? How are you? Everything's good. Just hanging out. This isn't awkward that you guys are all laying down. And I walk in with this weird look on my face. No, no one suspects anything. Very soon, (laughs) belts are pulled out. Am I lying, Zach, or is this what happened? Belts are pulled out, and I'm cuckoo, cuckoo, grabbing the pillow. Well, the other problem was the guys were way too far away to even hear me cuckooing, and I'm getting lit up, lit up in this place. And I realized I brought the wrong weapon, had the wrong plan for what I was trying to accomplish. And the guys came in after I had welts all over my body and were like, well, we'll leave you to it. <laughs> we're, we're done with that. The moral of the story is, is not don't bring pillows to a, to a belt fight as much as it's don't let your kids go to youth camp because it's weird and things should not be. I'm just kidding. Youth camp is great, but that was a, that was a terrible moment. But but Yahweh does provide. He provides, a, he provides a tool, and it's our job to recognize what we're, where we're in, right? Like we got to recognize something that worked in a day, something that was absolutely powerful and great and victorious in a day is, is not necessarily the thing that we're called to walk in now. He's looking at it. He sees things from all different kinds of perspectives that we don't see. He knows the plan, and he wants us to walk effectively in the kingdom, but the longer we hold on to what we have held on to and try to approach every day like we have approached is when we start to get mixed up and we start to walk in fear because deep down we know we don't have the right tool. There's a, uh, 
there's a way to say it like this. The kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Right? The kingdom suffers violence and the violent do what? Take it. Take it by force. The funny thing is, is that in that same book, it also says this. Unless you receive the kingdom like a child, you can't enter it. (laughs) The violent take it by force. Receive it like a child. Quite opposite spectrums, right? Both are right. Both are right. But if you were one that was the violent to take it by force and then he tells you to enter the kingdom, receive it like a child, how much more difficult is it? Because what he's trying to demonstrate, I believe, in a time like this, the lesson in, in this is that it's not about, the, about how. It's not about how as much as it's about being plugged into the source. It's not, a, it's not about the, 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 w- the way you do it, but so many times we do. We talk about how David, this is what I talked a lot about last week. David was so caught in that time of, of that Goliath's sword was so powerful. It called to him. There it is behind the ephod, be, behind the thing that represented peace. He fell in love with the solution, what he saw to be the solution to the problem and lost sight of the source. But later on, after all these experiences that David had walked through, this is really actually what I talked about last week, is the Brook of Bezor, the story of the Brook of Bezor, is David had learned that what the solution to everything is, is the source, which is the, he, he saw as the ephod in the day, it was his tool, because it, it represented in him separation from his circumstance. It represented him, uh, like it says, Yeshua looked up, which is just really demonstrating that he rose above. It wasn't that he wasn't experiencing things, but he rose above those circumstances. So when David was in a day that everything was turned against him, and he he was trapped just like he was the day of the Amalekites and Saul that he, instead of going towards the source and letting these things that had his heart's response was, I've experienced the goodness of Yahweh and I know that he has this. So he puts on the ephod. Going across the brook, which is the brook of Bezord, which means good news. That's what that brook, that's the, that's the, the Hebrew word there of Bezor means good news, joy, good news. To go across, once he, once he got word from Yahweh, this is how you do this. You go and take it. Go with your swords and take, you will recover all. His good news, he goes out to go get. And, in, and he plugged himself in the source before he got that direction. On the way back, he was called to give. But the men were so rooted in how they took it in the first place that they were, it was hard for them to ever lay down the sword because against the enemy, they took the sword out. But against a brother, it's the sword down. It's to give. It's to give. This was the true representation of love in the Bible because love actually is the Hebrew word ahava. This is a beautiful, amazing word that I love so much. Ahava. Say it. Ahava. Ahava means to give. 
the root word is hav, which actually means to give. So in, so in order to, re, to express biblical love, it means that you have to come to a place of being able to give, to have the fullness of what love actually is. Let's open our Bibles to 1 John 4.16. This is, a, this is a bit of scripture that everyone knows. Even if you don't think you know it, you're going to know it. See, the sword and the ephod were equally effective. Right? The, the, the taking and the giving are equally effective because of the messenger who, who, who gave that directive to them. 1 John 4.16 says this. And we have known and believed that love, believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may, be, we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world, which is one of the coolest statements ever. As he is, so are we where? In this world. As he is, so are we in this world. To me, this is not saying love has been perfected so we don't, we don't have to be scared in a day of judgment because we're just covered in everything. It's that we've been received as a son. I have boldness because the judgment that we're talking about is everything aimed that's against me in this day. It's not the judgment against me and how much did I mess up. I believe as I received Yeshua and I became like Yeshua when I received salvation that he sees me as a son. That's what I am, a son. And so my boldness is that he's, his judgment is fired at everything that's against me. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Does this sound familiar? Heard it at like every wedding. Anytime someone talks about love. Because fear involves uh, torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love you, God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, love cast out fear. Perfect love cast out fear. I believe that there is a, whether we think it or not, there's a fear thing in the church of where we stand, how we approach situations, what we're going to do, what, this, what, our, what our role is. There's a fear of what does this new thing, especially here, to be honest, we've gone through so much transition and where do we, what do we believe about this? How do we feel about this? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? How's this going to be? And there starts to be this thing of fear, the emotion of fear. But the root of fear is the issue, right? So how do we deal with fear? The solution here that Yahweh has given us is love right? But it says perfect love cast out fear. What's perfect in the Bible we've talked about before is complete. It's not perfect like our westernized like 
view of it, that just the perfect how you look, how you wear, this is the perfect life, whatever. It's, it's complete. In him we are perfect. In him we are complete. So what I feel about this is that it's not enough that we come into that, and this is where church has been. Man, we love God. God loves us. We love God. God loves us. We're loving. We love. We love all those around us. We're, we, God loves us here at our church. It's just we understand that God is love and, 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 and that he loves us, that we have to, that, that, that that's what we have. God is love. We've got that. The problem is, is that there's still an element of fear there because it says that the complete love cast out all fear. And the complete love, if you read further down as he's talking about his brother, he starts to talk about how you receive people. And if he ahavad to you, you ahava to others. If he's giving to you, remember what I talked about in the very beginning? As I've started to receive this joy-filled anticipation for good, I've wanted to give that joy-filled expectation for good. I'm so happy I cannot be bitter. I, that, that's what we have to come to. My, my mom just had an experience recently where she was, she, something happened that I would have just taken the person out. I would have wanted to take the person out. The whole hope, me being a pastor, all that stuff, would have been tested, all right? But she, the response that rose up within her was thankfulness, was more hope, was more joy. She just wanted to give that out. That's what she's been in, and that's what she wanted to give out. So it says, perfect love casts out all fear. I'm trying to make sure I go the right way with this. Let's stand. Maybe that'll make me feel better, and I'll uh, be able to really effectively do this. But here's the point. Here's the point. Here, here's, here's where we are as a church. What is it that leads men to repentance? And when I say repent, metanoia, which means to change your mind. What is it? We hear goodness, we hear kindness, because there's different translations. It is the goodness of God. It is the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. It's all about the ahava that we show. It's about serving others. If you fear something, try to serve it. Try, if, you, if something is against you, if something's different, what did Yeshua do with those things that are different? Was, was Yeshua like uh, the, the, the people, the sinners and stuff that he came in, in contact with? No, he was far from it. And he invited them to the table. He served them. He didn't fear them. He showed them ahava. And I believe that as the church, that we're coming into a place, as a family, that we're coming into a place of, what is the tool today? What is our weapon of warfare? It's love. And, that's, and that's, that sounds pretty fluffy to a lot of people that don't understand how powerful love is, how powerful your expression is. Because remember, don't get caught up in the word love as much as you get caught up in the idea that how is a heart receiving things. Think about how we process things in our lab, in our innermost being. Your opinions and views, not that they're wrong, don't necessarily change the heart. That's where we get in this place of frustration and warfare and against a generation and frustrated with a generation because they don't see things like I see them and they don't do things the way that I think they should do them. And this is not how it worked. But if we are a family that comes into a place where we show the kindness, we show the goodness, we show the love, the ahava of Yahweh, and we create an atmosphere 
the experience of bringing them into a place, Yeshua invited them into an encounter with him. And that's what changed something. That changed it. Invitation into encounter. Not lowering standards. Have your standards. Stand strong. Have your backbone. Be, Be kingdom people. Be righteous. Be righteous, but don't get confused with how you need to approach others and how we need to approach. We're gonna, I believe that this house is going to start to come in contact with people from all walks, things that don't look like us. We've been a family for a long time and been looking at some of the same faces for a long time. And some of those faces, we don't quite know. That's why we've been talking about, let's open our hearts up. Let's really truly take the mask off and expose who we are to each other that we can stand together with each other. David's heart to come up to me, this David, to come up and share his struggle with his family right now. Opened a gate, opened a door for a family who he doesn't know that well to stand with him. And I believe that we're gonna see miraculous things happen on his behalf. But it... It did not come, it did not come from the rules that I have and the standards and the things that I had. It came because we show Ahava. Came because we give. It comes because we, we've been hidden in something, we've been seated in something, we've been seated in his peace, man, and I know that his peace guards all hearts and minds. I know that his peace covers all. I know that his love is what that this world really needs. His true supernatural love. And that's what, you can, listen, you can be a good Christian and you can have your standards and you can make your statements and you can believe who you believe and do all your same things and, and you let that be the representation. And I promise you this, you will not be effective. You won't. You might have good points, but you're gonna cause dividing lines where there does not, he didn't tell you to put dividing lines. You're going to close off the seat to your table that he asked you to invite someone to. We're about the encounter that changes hearts. Not trying to change someone else's mind because it is what? The goodness, the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. Let him handle those things. Let's worry about our things. I really hope that this morning I've given more clarification about where I'm, what I'm talking about when we talk about hope, faith, and getting into love that I'm not talking about right and wrong. I'm talking about, I'm talking about what he's given us for today to be effective. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yahweh, uh, we thank you for this day. We thank you for, for your Holy Spirit-driven word. I ask that you take anything that, that was received out of me, take me out of the equation, and I just ask that this word plants in the hearts of people as if it was you speaking to them that there is a Holy Spirit-driven word that you've utilized me, and I thank you for the opportunity, Father. But I just ask that this word becomes effective in the Rock of Bay County, and you start to show us show us true, the true love that we're to express to this, to this world and to this culture. There's a culture within us that needs to change the culture around us, and we say yes to that opportunity, Father. We love you. I ask that you bless every person in this house today. I ask for protection and safety and healing. I ask for joy. As we have joy, we want more joy. I ask for peace. As we have peace, we want more peace. For those that are struggling in hopelessness or in, in, in lack of peace and anxiety, Yahweh, I stand in the gap as someone who at this point in time is not struggling with those things. And I ask for more measure to give out to them, Father. 
Yahweh, we love you so much, and we're so thankful, so thankful to be able to do your will on this earth. Declare this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.